I'd like to preface the reading of the scripture this morning um, with all due respect for the children's service. I'd like to uh, say, I think Martha sometimes gets a bad rap. When I read the story, I identify with Martha. She had 13 guys sitting in her living room and she's got to feed them and soup ain't going to cut it. So I think, I think we've got to think about that a little bit. <laughs> anyway, she could hear the sermon later. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, excuse me. Luke, come, this, the reading this morning is from Luke 10, 38 to 42. The Lord and his disciples were traveling along and came to a village. When they got there... A woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat down in front of the Lord and was listening to what he said. Martha was worried about all that had to be done. Finally, she went to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it bother you that my sister has left me to do all the work all by myself? Tell her to come and help me. And the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen what is best, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. No, that's all right. It's nice to be Baptist and, you know, talk, be able to give commentary on what, you know, take exception to what Luke has to say. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Mar- anyone else got a, got a problem with this text? Yeah, there's a lot of us out there that have a problem with this text and what Jesus has to say about uh, poor old Martha. Boy, can't you hear Jesus? Martha, Martha, Martha. You're so worried about everything. We all, many, how many, how many identify, like Audrey, identify with the Martha? Worry and fret. It's not just those worker bees out in the kitchen either, right? It's the, it's the, uh, it's just the, the, the folks who get anxious about the details and get anxious about the little things and, and get so inundated. This is a difficult text because of that. Because I think we, the last thing we want is a bunch of Marys hanging out, <laughs> doing nothing, you know. Uh, the place would get pretty shabby pretty quickly if all we had were a bunch of Marys sitting around, right? It would. I fancy myself a Mary quite a bit, actually. <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer the Mary lifestyle, <laughs> if you will. Uh, to the Martha one. That's why I move. That's why I like my apartment. It's kind of a. It, it facilitates my merry lifestyle, in my because it's small. It's easy to take care of and stuff like that. Houses call out for a Martha. You know, houses take a lot of work. And uh, when I get married, I'll be getting in touch with my Martha side. Uh, I think, especially when it comes to like yard work and stuff like that. Right, right, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> So I, but there's some interesting things about this. One of the things I like about this text is that it shows me that Jesus, like myself, is a feminist. 
Right? Did you guys catch that part? That Jesus is a feminist. I like that because uh, in, the, in the first century Jewish world, women did not learn about spiritual things. Women did not, did, women did not speak to the rabbi. Women spoke to their husband. And women did not learn from teachers. They learned from their husband. And women did not go sit at the feet of the masters. They learned from their husband. And they went into the kitchen and got stuff ready. It was not so long ago. That was kind of the world we lived in, isn't it? Not so long ago. But Jesus and the Jesus movement, they were kind of feminists at the time. And they broke down a lot of walls, even... The, Paul gets a bad rap because Paul often credits women for their wonderful leadership in the early church. And he, he gets a bad rap for some of the, the things he said about women in, in some of the pastoral letters about, about disrupting the service. But quite frankly, Paul would not be grappling with the issues of, of women in worship if it wasn't such a radical new thing that they were trying out and doing. So, again, Jesus was a feminist, and this text kind of undergirds that, that says, oh, wait a minute, no, you know what? Mary, Martha, and all the other disciples, women disciples who are following me around, they really need to learn this stuff and hear the Word of God and take their time to experience that for themselves. So it was a pretty radical idea that was being promoted here by Luke. Luke is kind of a, is often promoting e- equality with women in his gospel. He always pairs a story about a man with a story about a woman, for, for example. It's led some scholars to speculate that Luke may have been a pen name for a woman who wrote that gospel. I don't know if there's a lot of evidence of that, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea. But really what I, what I take out of, this, out of this story for us today, what, what I think it really speaks to for us as a busy, busy people is that there is time for work and there is a time for contemplation. And there is a time for refreshment. There is a time for sitting still and hearing the still small voice of God speak to your heart. We live in a noisy, busy society. Amen? Don't we? We do, don't we? We live in a busy, busy society. I remember a few years ago, Microsoft was trying to sucker us into using their inadequate and and slow search engine, Bing. And uh, they had this, they were promoting a bunch of their, how it all integrates into their, their system. And they had this whole big spiel. And at the end of their spiel, they said, a full calendar is a full life. Oh my gosh, I hope not. I hope that is not true. A full calendar is a full life. Ugh. Doesn't that sound terrible? <laughs> a full calendar is a full life. I, 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 don't, I just don't think that's true. I hope to God it's not true. Because... My full calendar is just sucking the life right out of me. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't the full calendar sucking the life out of you? Microsoft is lying to us and suckering us into this full business, full calendar business to use their Bing stuff. 
And <laughs> it's just not true. A full calendar just weighs us down so heavily. But we are, I mean, uh, a study by the National Sleep Institute sh showed that 40% of working people work more than 50 hours a week. 50 hours a week. That's more than full time. And I, I suspect, and that's an old study, I suspect that that's even more now where people are working two and three jobs. Oh, we're so full and so busy. And our lives are so programmed. And, uh, you know, we, we fill up every day with busyness. And, it's, you know, the Internet, which is supposed to make things easier, has not helped, has it? It has not helped. And even in our leisure time, I find myself frantically uh, running from one thing to another. Even when I'm sitting there watching television, uh, I spend more time kind of surfing around looking for what do I want to watch. I spend a half an hour looking for something I want to watch for 20 minutes, right? <laughs> in fact, Jerry Seinfeld once said that men don't, men don't want to see what's on TV. They want to see what else is on. <laughs> I think that's very true of myself. I want to see what else. What else is on? Because I'd hate to miss out on something really good. <laughs> and you know, reading. I, there, there once was a time when I would go. I would walk down to the coffee shop, and I would buy a paper, and I would read the newspaper from cover to cover, and I would drink my dry cappuccino, and I would look up every once in a while and see what crazy thing someone was, this is in Berkeley, some <laughs> crazy thing someone is doing. And I'd walk back and I might stop at the flower shop and see what fresh flowers they got. And I might grab an apple at the fruit stand and walk back to my house and just enjoy that. I, because of the internet, because everything is so quick, I, I struggle. I struggle to read anyway. I, I'm not a very good reader. And I struggle to read through a whole newspaper, a whole article. I get about three paragraphs in and I'm like, ah, what else is going on? <laughs> We're just so busy. And our, our focus, like, like Jane said, our focus gets diverted in so many different directions. How can you possibly hope to hear what God is saying over the din of everyday life. How can we possibly hope to really get a grasp of our deep and intimate faith in God? How can we possibly hope to really find direction in our lives when we cannot sit down long enough to even articulate for ourselves what it is we're asking? We live in a busy, busy world. And God, I believe, begs us to take a moment or two to just be quiet. Don't do something, sit there. It's almost the opposite of what my mother used to say, right? Don't do something, just sit there. And enjoy a few moments with God. Silence is not a part of our world. Certainly if you live in my house, it's not a part of our world, right? We've got to fill that silence so often. But there's something, there's something healing 
about a little bit of silence. There's something healing about spending some time trying to turn your mind off of all the worries and the frets and the anxieties and spending that time just being with God. I don't know how you do that. Sometimes, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm a... I'm 80. Some, I guess I, if it were diagnosed, I'd, some would say I'm ADHD or ADD, whichever one it is, I don't know. But uh, I hate to be diagnosed because I think it's the Holy Spirit. Some say it's ADHD, I say it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but, but, you know, I have, I have this kind of, I kind of vibrate even when I sit still, right? Uh, I, that's why I can't sit through church. I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, I became a minister so that I can get up and walk around a little bit. But, you know, the way I do it, I ha- so I have to work at it. I, sometimes I'll light a candle. I'll light a candle so that I can focus. And I, give my, I set my timer for five minutes of not doing anything. I have to turn away from my desk. Five minutes. And you won't believe how hard five minutes is. You would think five minutes is nothing. You wouldn't believe how difficult that is. Or sometimes I'll turn on some, some great church music that I love and I'll, I'll give myself three songs. I encourage you, give yourself three songs. That, three songs from some, that, that draw you close to God. Give yourself those three songs once a day. Or, you know, go for a walk. And, you know, you, you guys tell me this all the time when you're not in church on Sunday. That, you know, you have church out in the wilderness and all that kind of business. I, I think that's great. Forgive me if I'm a little skeptical. <laughs> but I would say do that. Go out into a place away from the city or just even a park. And deliberately say, I'm spending my time with God while I'm in this hike or while I'm up in the mountain or while I'm in the park. I'm deliberately doing it. Be deliberate about it and say, I'm setting this side I'm setting aside this time to be with God. And you don't even have to articulate a great prayer with a lot of these and thous in it. But just kind of let your mind go there. God is, has so much to share with us. God has so much relationship that God desires so deeply to have with us. And we put so much noise between ourselves and a God who loves us so much. I, I beg you and I pray for you that, that you indeed take the time to sit at the feet of the Master. To spend some time getting your cup refilled. For, for me, church is that. I, you know, I know that's an odd choice. But <laughs> for me, being here with you is what energizes me. And I really do feel the presence of God when we are here together. So I pray that that is something that does that for you. But it's not the same as, as being alone with God, is it? And I invite you to do that. Jesus invites you to do that in this text today. And don't let the anxieties and the worries and the, and the frets and the, and, and the busyness 
take that away from you. As Jesus said about Mary, she's chosen a good thing, and that will not be taken from her. And I pray that you will make sure that it's not taken from you. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, we are grateful that you are a God who who longs to have a deep and intimate relationship with us. But we know that takes work. That we must spend some time with you. That we must let you speak to us and, and, and we must quiet ourselves long enough to hear you. Help us to prioritize that. To make that an important part of our life together. We ask all this in the precious name of Christ. Amen.